The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus QL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Quick moment of reflection because I think sometimes when we're doing college football from one week to the next that sometimes Mm -hmm. we forget that the A team for ABC ESPN is now called Washington football twice now. Like, that says a lot about where the program is and where Michael Penix Jr. is uh, in terms of, you know, his his reputation nationally, things like that, when you've got Herbie on the call a couple of times now. Uh, but still, though, uh, you know, fantastic season for Washington. Uh, we'll probably get into uh, that game against Utah. But we got to start with Michigan and Penn State, right? Michigan, four-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. favorites on the road in Happy Valley. Joe, how do you see this game playing out? Yeah, I mean, that that's where we have to start. Look, I, I mentioned it with Kelly. It is really challenging on, on a number of fronts with this game. Now, first off, it's what everybody's talking about, and it's fair. That's the thing. I know everybody's sick of hearing about it, but it's totally fair about the Michigan schedule. And how do you truly evaluate? When, when you look at the numbers, is that, is that fair? Like, we can throw out any good number, and it's going to be positive against Michigan because they faced all – bad teams this is a first ranked game of the season first ranked opponent that they've had all season long 
And so it, it's fair to bring up the schedule. And, you know, a lot of it is their fault, but that's going to be taken care of over the next three weeks. They win this one, and then you got the end of the year game. Um, so numbers-wise, I'm not saying completely throw them out, but it is like take it all with a grain of salt. It's like we've got to go back to small sample size in the first month of the college football season because it's just, yeah, there's a larger sample, but they're not paying it playing anyone quality. I feel like we're actually going to learn a lot in this spot. And I, you know, I'd also mention it's, it's tough because last year, 41 to seven game got completely out of hand, 418 rushing yards from Michigan. That's not going to happen again. That's not going to happen in this spot, but can it get out of hand? Can they cover the four and a half? Of course they can James Franklin in a big game, but you know, you do look at the history of these two teams when they are at Penn State, they're a lot closer, or Penn State is pulling out some victories. I think people are a little harsh on James Franklin. I, I would say give me the list of uh give me the list of head coaches that would have a winning record against Michigan and Ohio State in his tenure. I don't think that's a very long list. That's not easy to do. Like if you're around five hundred, that's like, whoa, you're an awesome coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I think people are going a little bit too far there. Could it be low scoring affair? Yeah, certainly. I could see that. Um, I just look, people are going to look at it and say, getting more than a field goal, Penn state, Michigan hasn't played anybody and they're probably going to take the Nittany lions. I I assume the public's going to be on Michigan. Uh, Not one of my favorites, but if I'm picking something here, I probably go Michigan. I probably go Michigan or the under, but I can't sit here and say that I absolutely love anything in this game. Yeah, I'm the same way. From a fan perspective, looking forward to see what happens. But you bring up the point about who has Michigan played. This is going to be a tougher test. But I still think Michigan can cover the spread. Do we think like all this sign-stealing drama will be a distraction for these young guys? Or is that a non-issue? Either way, I think this is still a spread that Michigan can cover. Um, It's not, I'm not expecting them to blow them out. Schedule matters a great deal to me because when you're fate, especially when it comes to college football, when you're facing inferior competition weekend and week out, you can just run the ball a lot more. You can have mm-hmm. trench warfare and win it consistently. You don't necessarily have to have complex offenses or creativity in terms of your passing attack. You don't need those things. This is the first time when Michigan will have to employ such tactics. And the question for me is, yeah, J.J. McCarthy has been super-duper efficient, but he hasn't really played anybody to where we can say wholeheartedly that this efficiency will translate against any kind of defense. And that makes me a little worried about McCarthy's Heisman chances, uh, Michigan's chances in terms of the passing attack. I think all of those things are fair game. I get the human element to say, okay, James Franklin does not win the big game. I totally understand that. Well, you know, he just came off of winning the Rose Bowl against Utah. That seems like a big win to me. I think that's significant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's different because you have extra weeks to prepare and all of that stuff. But I think there's potential in this program under James Franklin to win, to win big games. It can happen in a contest like this. I don't know if it will be Saturday, but definitely as far as how I want to attack this contest – 
I almost trust the Penn State defense more than I do any one particular unit on the field to where I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and I would hammer the under. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It does it, and it, it's hard to to remove that Ohio State game. Like that's what you keep going back to with, with Penn State. Do you trust the quarterback? Like we talk a lot about the quarterback on the Michigan mm-hmm. side, McCarthy, and it you know, him falling in the Heisman recently, and you know defensive matchups have been on the softer side. What about Drew Lar though? You trust him? And I mean, to your point, that's probably why you like the under. Well, yeah, that's a big part of it. And, you know, it'll probably just be a deacon dunk kind of a game. Not to mention, I mean, Penn State has had one big contest already. And there were some in-game decisions, especially on fourth down, that were a little concerning. And so if they're opting to punt a little bit more than perhaps they should, that's another reason why I'm expecting this to be a low-scoring affair. Like, does James Franklin trust his quarterback in these high-leverage spots? I don't know the answer to that. And the fact that I don't know the answer to that makes me nervous. Yeah. Also, Alar isn't really as good at using his feet either. Whereas Mm -hmm. McCarthy can if he needs to. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, he he can. He hasn't. One thing you can say, like, I guess game manager comes to mind because one one positive that Franklin probably takes a look at, like, yeah, he's not the most talented. He's not one of these high-flying quarterbacks that everybody's talking about every week. He has one interception on the year with 20 touchdowns. Like, he'll take that. With a strong defense, yeah. like, yeah, you'd rather have an elite quarterback. But for what they are, for what they need at the moment, like 20 touchdowns, one pick, kid, you're doing fine. You're doing good. And he's got these, you know, mm-hmm. every once in a while, I have a three, four touchdown game. But I, I think they're just fine with that. Yeah, the under does make a lot of sense. I get that. I, I, I'm with that one, Ed. Good deal. How about we go choose your own adventure here? What game do you want to get to next, Joe? All right. Um, how about Ole Miss, Georgia? Let's this it. one, yeah. So it's 10 and a half. Dogs are favored. The total's 58. And Dart, a lot of, it's funny, it's controversial for some reason. People have very strong opinions on both sides uh, as, as far as Dart goes. But we, we know that they can put up points. Ole Miss can. And Georgia's been giving up a lot of points. And maybe it's surprising. I think a lot of people look at it, nah, they're just waiting. They're just going to, because they're waiting for the big games and they're going to turn it on. Well, they're going through a stretch where they're playing a bunch of ranked teams here. Uh, but Georgia's given up 20 or more in five of six games. Five of six. Mm-hmm. I expect to see some scoring in this one. And it looks like it's a high number, but uh, I'm going to go over 58. I think it's going to be one of those back and forth uh, SEC games where it, it, the score just ends up being a lot higher than any anybody expected. I like that one. <clears throat> that is not one that I did look at. Did you, Paul? Yeah, I've just got a few notes on it and kind of backing up what Joe said. A lot of these Georgia games have had the yeah. same script. Now, it hasn't always ended the mm-hmm. same way, but Vandy scored the first t- TD. Florida scored the first TD on them. Now, those woke up Georgia and they blew them out. But then Georgia got an early field goal against Mizzou. Mizzou scored the first TD of the game, tied at the half, three-point game in the fourth quarter. They were hanging around. Auburn went up 10 nothing, tied at the half, tied late in the fourth quarter, playing with fire again. South Carolina scored the first touchdown, went out into the half up 14-3. Georgia comes out in the second half and dominates, held them scoreless. 
both these teams are top 20 yards per play. So I'm, I'm with you, Joe. Like the over is definitely a look, but I'll be on the, I'll be on Ole Miss getting 10 and a half. Yeah, makes sense. If, if Ole Miss is in this game, it's probably going over, right? If it's close. Yeah. 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 I couldn't imagine. Like Ole Miss's defense is a little suspect. So if all of a sudden they're playing lights out, not to mention it looks like Brock Bowers, like there's a chance that he may be able to play in this game. So certainly huh. that will help the cause for Georgia. But at the end of the day, though, what have we been saying about Georgia all season long? That, boy, you know, they're not fraudulent, not at all. They're still a very, very good football team. But they mm-hmm. don't have the swagger like they did the last couple of years. Last couple of years, they looked unstoppable with maybe a, you know, a little dent here and there. But this season, it is not the same at all. And now they're 10 and a half point favorites against a top 10 football team. And Ole Miss is a legitimate top 10 football team. That's one of the reasons why I asked Kelly Ford in our last segment, like how much can we trust our power rankings right now, knowing that, okay, we have another month of data that we will be acquiring. And I like his answer and I completely agree with it. And it's been my experience as well, that now is the time where if you're a top 10 team, we can believe it. Ole Miss is a top 10 football team. There's no reason why they should be 10 and a half point dogs uh, against Georgia here where, okay, yeah, Georgia's undefeated. Yeah, they can make the college football playoff, but 10 and a half is just way too many points here. Jackson Dart can keep up with whatever Carson Beck and company can do. And the big thing against Jackson Dart has been the third down conversion rate. Like that's the one thing that people have been pointing to. Well, guess what? Third down conversion rate is not sticky from one season to the next, one game to the next. He can flip a switch and be just fine. Absolutely, the Rebs can cover this number, Aaron. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love it. So I'm looking at another big number. Huskies minus nine and a half. They're back at home at Husky Stadium, one of the toughest places to play. Now, you is not a team to take lightly and I think they will be up for this game. But I just think with my, this is going to be tough for the Utes to keep up the potential for explosive offensive plays. Washington, I think they can cover this number. There's been some talk about the looking ahead to their next one. Huskies played Arizona. That was a lower scoring, just weird off game. And I Washington is going to get caught slipping again. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What do you think, Ed? Yeah. Yeah. As far as, uh, you know, the dogs go, I, I, I think the Huskies will be just fine. I, I mean, I think this is something where, okay, yeah, Washington has had its bad games. That I get that. But look you know, Utah offensively, like how much can we really trust what they're doing at this point? Like they're going to come back down to earth. Meanwhile, you know, Penix will be okay. Yeah. You know, it, like I, I get the, the mm-hmm. USC defense. All right. You know, there's context to be had here, but it, it's not like Washington was ever a bad football team to begin with. Like every football team is going to have bad stretches. Like it's just going to happen. 
But definitely, I think the good football programs know when to circle key opponents and they know how to game plan for them and have the best plans of attack for them. And I think that can definitely happen in a game like this. Yeah. Um, one thing, I don't have a play on this game. I just kept thinking about that USC game because the perception is with Utah mm-hmm. is you want to bet on them at home and you probably want to go against them on the road. And there are a lot of sharp betters that week that were going against them J- just based on that. And then USC team's not that bad. Well, the you Utes won on the road. But now we also have more intel on USC. So what exactly mm-hmm. – is Utah. It's been challenging to figure out. We know they have the great defense, but the offense, the big problem. Don't have a play there, but yeah, it could be uh, the Huskies in a route. The one the one game I was looking at in the Pac-12. Let's go to USC, Oregon. 15 point spread. Okay. Total 73 and a half. My God, has there been a defensive coordinator talked more about <laughs> in the last five years than Alex Grinch, and he's now out. I am curious right. how this team responds. Is it a talent issue? Was it more of a coaching issue? Do you get some sort of a one-week bump from the Trojans' defense and you're going against such a red-hot team in Oregon? I I understand if you want to say that this is going to mix things up for USC. We know they're going to be able to put up points. I, I wouldn't – I'm not scared to lay this number of 15. I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. I think Ducks will be fine. Oh, I I go one step further here, Joe. I don't know if USC can score points against this Oregon defense. Like, I think that's a big question mark coming into this one. So, completely agree with you. Corollary opinion. I don't know if I trust USC's offense at this point. And it's not like Alex Grinch was a bad defensive coordinator at his other stops. It's not like he's some 22-year-old that got fresh off the street. No, he's been following Lincoln Riley. He was at Washington State. Those defenses were good. Like, he had a great, great resume, Aaron. I think these are two, two, two different directions. Oh, yeah. There you go. Got that right. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, let's be sharper about Thursday night football games. That's right here on the BetQL Network.